it's me, the Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donald Page. And we're the co-host of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Hey, we do new episodes here every Monday and Friday. We're on all major platforms. And, uh, Donnie, how long have you been watching wrestling? Over 20 years. Over 20, and I'm about 25 years, so that's 45 years combined of wrestling watching knowledge. We talk about on our show past, present, and future superstars and shows as well. And uh, sometimes, Donnie and I don't always get along. We don't always agree, but we do have a lot of fun. Isn't that right, Donnie? We agree to disagree many more times than not. But it's always in good fun. Always, always. So be sure to join us and subscribe on any platform that you're listening to us on. Once again, I hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, as for Donnie and myself, we're out of here. Thank you, guys. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, along with Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage. All right, sir. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Kentucky Guy? Oh, I am pumped, 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 and ready to go. It's a beautiful day here in eastern Kentucky. The sun's shining. The birds are singing. How about yourself? Beautiful day in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The sun is also shining here. Fantastic, fantastic. So, if this is your first time joining us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Uh, it always helps us out, and it keeps you informed on when our next episode drops. We do drop episodes here every Monday and Friday. However, sometimes we have special reports and so much through the week, so it's important to uh, follow us and subscribe uh, so you know when things are happening. Uh, so, uh, also, uh, Donnie is the creator and co-host of Uncaged Voices podcast, and I also run another show uh, for those of you that are involved in the news and politics and what have you, and that is the Red Pill Current News podcast, uh, so be sure to check those out as well. We definitely appreciate all of your supports. We do have a brand new website and also a brand new Facebook page, uh, and it's named right after the show, so be sure to check it out as well. So, uh, having a pretty good week, Donnie, or how's your week go? I'm having a great week. Tired, uh, you know, work, work days wear you out, but Fridays are always something to work, look forward to. Yeah, man, we work all week to get there, right? For sure. All right, so let's go ahead. Also, if you ever want to contact Donnie or myself, uh, or you may want to be a guest on the show, uh, you can do so by emailing us at OL Kentucky, spelled out, OL Kentucky. 99 at yahoo.com. So be sure to, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out as well. Uh, all comments and, uh, uh, inquiries are welcomed. So let's get in. Big week for wrestling as usual. Uh, a lot of things going on. Big week. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things going on. So, uh, one of the things I want to start off with, if that's okay, is, uh, I'd like to actually talk about, 
uh, and I know we've talked about this before, or I've talked about this before on this channel, uh, but uh, there's been new things that popped up, and that's Ric Flair's last match. So this week, as, as most of you are probably already know, Ric Flair had his last match a couple weekends ago uh, at StarCast 5. And that's good and well, and it's over with and what have you. Uh, but this is the first time that we've heard from Jeff Jarrett uh, on his show, on his podcast, actually, uh, My World. And it's the first time that we've heard from Ric Flair uh, on his podcast since since his last match, which is To Be The Man's podcast. Uh, do, you, do you follow any of those, Donnie? You know, I've not had the pleasure of listening to Jeff Jarrett's podcast yet. I'd be curious to hear it, though. I'm, all, I'm always a little interested in hearing what Wild Slap Nuts has to say. <laughs> he, uh, it's very interesting, and he has uh, Conrad Thompson uh, is his co-host, who is Ric Flair's uh, uh, son-in-law. Son-in-law, yep. Yeah. So on the show, um, on, on, on Jeff Jarrett's, we'll start with him first, because this was the first show to air, uh, and I think it came out on Tuesday. So on the show, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Conrad Thompson both acted uh, like Ric Flair's last match. Every bit of it was a work. Like Ric Flair faked it all. At the end, when he was when uh, Andrade had to help him out, uh, they act like it was all a work. Now, if you watch that match like I did, there's no, there's no way that he was faking that. I mean, he looked gasped after the first 15 minutes. Would you agree? Kentucky guy, I have to stop you right there. First of all, this is Ric Flair we were talking about, the dirtiest player in the game, the man who understands the business, the ins and outs of it, better than anyone else. Okay, pal. Ric Flair has always had a talent for getting the crowd to believe everything that he does inside that squared circle. So I have no doubt that everything that you saw at StarCast was a part of the show and was a work. All right, buddy. So I've got you. You should have, might have let me finish <laughs> because the next day, the very next day, on Ric Flair's podcast with the same co-host, Conrad Thompson, uh, he admitted on his own podcast, his own words, that during the match, as I suspected, he fainted twice at the, in the match. And as I said and in, 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 in suspected, Andrade did have to help him up and get him, uh, he was just out of it, and place him so he could deliver the knockout blow to Jeff Jarrett. You know, I'm going to tell you something before you comment on this, uh, sir. Uh, Ric Flair used to be one of my favorite wrestlers. But after seeing him... After that match, stand there on the microphone with Tony Schiavone and cry like a little bitty baby. He's not even in my top 20 anymore. Ridiculous. I'm done with him. Kentucky guy, once again, we agree to disagree because regardless of what Ric Flair may have done in this match, I mean, we both know he is well past his time. There's no question about that. But it's still... A, a, an amazing sight to see, uh, once again, the dirtiest player in the game, the man who is arguably considered 
the biggest star in the history of the business, step inside that square circle one more time to entertain his thousands of fans that were there. And, you know, I'll tell you what, even if there is truth to a lot of this, still have tremendous respect for Ric Flair and, you know, my hat's off to him. He wanted to go out the way he wanted to go out. And hopefully this will be his final match, no question about it, because he's very old. He is over the hill. But I still respect Ric Flair that he did what he did because he wanted to go out on his own terms. Now, let me uh, let me clarify something. I, I'm not, I don't care about the match, how he looked in the match. That, that's not it. The crying part. I mean, this guy used to be my hero. He was. He. I used to refer to him as the true dirtiest player in the game. I mean, this guy was something else. I mean, I have a brother uh, that he was his favorite wrestler, and I used to go to his house and we'd watch it. And if you weren't watching Ric Flair or WCW, you weren't watching wrestling there. But him to get up there and cry and ruin that legacy, it just it just ticked me off. Now, 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 hold on a second. Now, Ric Flair has been seen on camera crying before. We all remember his initial retirement ceremony on Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania 24, when he had that epic match with Shawn Michaels. A bunch of his cohorts from over the years, including members of the Four Horsemen, came out to the ring to to pay respect to him, and he was he was bawling his eyes out on that particular night. He was overcome with emotion. So. I have no doubt that this man who indeed, like, you know, like you said, all about styling and profiling and, you know, keep, keeping that persona going over the years, I, I just like any other human being, you know, he's going to be overcome by emotion at, at different times. And this was no exception. I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess, um, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about raw. Want to? Let's talk about raw. All right. So, uh, Dexter Lewis was in the audience at Raw and actually taken out by security. But once again, man, uh, Triple H is bringing people back. Yeah, and you know that's one that's one thing. Again, gotta give gotta give Triple H credit where credit's due. He he, you know he he loves his NXT guys. There's no question about it. And it's a new regime now. It's a new creative team, a new vision. And I like seeing a lot of these guys pop up that were featured prominently on NXT. And now they're going to potentially be given a regular roles on WWE television. And, it, and it's great. I mean, And they're planting the seeds for a big storyline with Dexter Loomis, I have no doubt. I think he plays that character to perfection, personally, the, the, with, especially with the creepy stare and the mustache. So I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah, he... Uh... I've always called Dexter Lewis, uh, he should have been Stone Cold's son. I swear to God, when he doesn't have the mustache, he looks just like him. <laughs> he does look a little bit like a young Steve Austin. So one of the, uh, one of the characters, uh, that I'm waiting to come back is the Fiend, and that's Bray Wyatt. And I've got a article here, uh, from, uh, Fightful, uh, news. And, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read that real quick for the audience and you. Uh, the former WWE star's name has been coming up backstage a lot. The creative team has also been reportedly pitching for Wyatt's return to Triple H. Regarding the relationship between Wyatt and the former WWE CEO Vince McMahon, 
one source said that the two had a very toxic relationship backstage. The source even stated that when the rumors started surfacing of uh, Bray Wyatt having a bad attitude, uh, the rumors apparently originated from those who were working very close to Vince McMahon, which doesn't surprise me. Looks like several talents on the WWE roster uh, have said that they would go to bat for uh, Wyatt, though they believe Wyatt wouldn't even need the support. While Wyatt's name has been pitched, it doesn't mean he's guaranteed a return. Um, but they did uh, they did say that tri- him and Triple H, uh, that there was a quote in there, and I didn't quite get it, uh, that uh, he was very close to Triple H, and Triple H was the one in NXT that really went to bat for him for the Wyatt family. And believe it or not, Vince McMahon didn't even want to go with that. And look what kind of success that was. So to properly articulate my opinion on Bray Wyatt, I've got to, I've got to speak in the words of, uh, of one of my favorite uh, personalities from the wrestling business, Mr. Jim Cornette. You see, when Bray Wyatt first broke into the business, he had this persona about him where he was a cult leader. And it was somewhat, it was somewhat believable because it didn't go into this goofy, supernatural BS that you just had to suspend all disbelief to get into. But then they turned him into this fiend character, and it just kept going further and further down the supernatural route, and it got ridiculous, and you have the stupid red light and all the other theatrics, and they just completely went over the top with it, and then you had that Firefly Funhouse stuff with John Cena. You had the Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins, which I'd rather forget ever happened. And now the rumor is that Bray Wyatt's going to come back because Vince McMahon is no longer there. Well, it remains to be seen exactly how well Bray Wyatt would be booked if he came back to the WWE. Personally, I think... They need to do an entire reset with that character and go back to something that is based at least a, a small percentage in reality in order for it to work. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. That, that, that's perfect, man. That sounds like Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I disagree with you 100%, but, but I thought that the uh, <clears throat> that the uh, imitation was great. Uh, so I do have a couple people here that I kind of think uh, that might be kind of in uh, on the short list uh, that may come back to the WWE uh, because of Triple H, due to Triple H probably even uh, uh, going out and uh, trying to entice them to come back when they're able to. So I think I, I think I know some of the names you're going to mention. Go ahead. So, so, some of these guys are uh, 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 under contract with other companies, but this is in time, like not right now, but you know, could definitely see it happening. Uh, so the first one that I'm thinking about is uh, Adam Cole, baby. Him and Triple H had a really strong, really strong relationship uh, in NXT. Um, and uh, I know that his girlfriend and a lot of his buddies are with AEW, but I don't know, man. I just I think that uh, 
I think with the right talk, I think they could persuade him and Kyle O'Reilly back. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree on that one. I know a lot of people over the years, and this is kind of true. They've compared Adam Cole to Shawn Michaels, especially Shawn Michaels in his early career as a single star. And I definitely see the similarities. Um, I think it was Booker T made some sort of comment on his podcast where he said he thinks that Adam Cole is a great talent, but he, he definitely could afford to, uh, to put on a little more muscle, which I don't disagree with. Now, I'm not suggesting that he should put on 25 pounds of muscle, but maybe go like the Montez Ford route where, you know, you look at him and you go, oh, yeah, he's been going to the gym a little bit more. It's definitely noticeable. But it's not like, oh, my God, the guy's clearly on steroids. He looks totally different than he did in the early part of his career. Are you crazy? Adam Cole has held world championships in every in every organization that he's been a part of. And you and just because Booker T, uh, <laughs> the Harlem Heat guy, uh, thinks that he should put on uh, a little bit of uh, muscles, you're going to agree with that? What? Well, do you want to know why? Because because Booker T is the greatest, say it with me, five-time, 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 five-time WCW champ. Oh, man. You're going to have to uh, – Get out of the 90s and early 2000s and come to where we're at. Uh, all right, so the next person on the list. Yeah, we're just going to move right along. Uh, the next person on the list, uh, Alistair Black, who surprisingly I did not know this uh, until doing a little bit of research on him, uh, that him and Triple H were actually pretty close, and Triple H came up with his uh, interest when he, uh, her in, his entrance when he came to NXT and uh, helped him work it over to when he started uh, tag-teaming with uh, Ricochet on the main roster. Yeah, and you know what? This one I have to agree with you with. I, I would like to see him back in WWE because he wasn't booked well on the main roster. They, they Honestly, they never could decide what to do with him. And AEW, I think they've been on to something with you know his character – but truth be told, I, I'm just not sold on the House of Black, at least not in AEW. I think if it was done under, under the WWE umbrella, it could be done a lot more effectively. I almost could see them doing essentially what they're trying to do with the Judgment Day, and in my opinion, failing miserably with like the House of Black in WWE. And I think it'd be way more effective. Yeah, I, and I'm going to actually agree with you on that because I think that uh, um, I think it's the members of the House of Black, Brody and uh, the other guy, the Murphy guy. I, Murphy, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think. And don't get me wrong, Buddy Murphy is a great singles competitor. Yeah, not going to take anything away from him. Um, I don't think I, he's a better opponent, Dallister Black, than being on the same team. If that makes sense. I agree. And, and they just have the wrong guys uh, in that faction. I love the concept of it. I really do. But uh, I just, like, they don't they don't come out and they don't invent. I mean, they could do, if they could turn that group into kind of like uh, uh, the uh, Aces and Eights used to be on Impact years ago, something like that where they actually invade and, you know, disturb matches and so forth, that would be good. But the, yeah. 
they, they just don't do enough with it. And that's their pro- just like Dark Order. Dark Order was a phenomenal thing that they had going, but they just they don't do anything with it. They don't push it to that next level. So the next person on, I have on the list is uh, now this person. Uh, he is under contract with AEW for two more years. But I do think if given the opportunity, I know when his contract's up that Triple H will be knocking on his door. And uh, that is uh, Andrade, Ric Flair's uh, other son-in-law. What do you think about that? Once again, uh, I think he's a good in-ring talent. Um, Definitely he's been underutilized in AEW despite coming in with a lot of hype. But I think the only way it could work again with Andrade is if you once again pair him up with Zelina Vega. I think so. I think you're right. I think he needs he needs uh, a speaker. You know what? Another guy that's on my list, and this is a perfect lead-in, uh, because he needs the same thing. And I'm telling you, this guy may be under contract with AEW, but they are underutilizing him, and he's not afraid to say so. And I personally think that they should bring – Rusev and Lana back. Hundred percent. There was there was a point in time where, even even though he wasn't the world champion, he was one of the top heels in the company, and they were just red hot with their with their gimmick. And then he then and then it took a while. You know, he kind of fizzled out for a bit. But then they were trying to reinvent him again with the whole Rusev Day thing, which really got over with the crowd. And 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 they just they didn't. They didn't catapult him into the main event, which that's when they should have done it because he definitely has the talent. And, you know, she was good when she was paired up with him. But when the two of them are not together, they're just they're like deers stuck in the headlights. Yeah, uh, I what it was. Sorry about that. My mute button was stuck. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, to an, to an extent on that. Um, uh, Miro, uh, which is his real name, and, uh, CJ, their husband and wife in real life, uh, they started out in NXT with that duo under the guidance of Triple H, right? So, here's the thing. They come to Raw, or they come to the main roster, uh, he does become United States champion. Uh, he has a decent career, just like you mentioned, right? But then, then something strange things start happening, and this is where I, what I don't get. One day on an episode, Lana loses her accent, and then after that, Rusev is no longer Bulgarian; he's Russian. <laughs> and then Lana is having an affair with Bobby Lashley. And they think they get married, and they portray Ugh. them as getting married, which was ridiculous. Ugh. And, you know, here, here's the thing with Rusev or Mirio or whatever. Yes, we know now that he can talk, right? He can, he can, he can do promos, but to take it to that next level, I think he needs CJ by his side. I really do. It's his wife anyways. I mean, bring them both back, and, and let's do it right this time. Take some, take some inspiration from one of the greatest duos in the history of business, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, another duo. Uh, might as well throw this out there while we're talking about it. Another duo that I think that uh, 
I think they'll be back before, especially now that uh, uh, what you call it showed up on uh, showed up on Raw uh, the other night. Uh, Dexter Lewis, um, Johnny Gargano, and Candice LeRae. Uh, I think they might be back faster than any other person on this list. Uh, they had a really good. They left on good terms. Um, it was known between Johnny and Triple H that. Uh, NXT is where he needed to be because he would get lost in the shuffle uh, on the main roster. But now, with Triple H ahead of creative on the main roster, uh, I could see that being pretty enticing for him to come back. So this is my opinion, and I know some of the Internet fans are going to probably get upset with me. I do think that Johnny Gargano is really talented. No question about it. And I do think a lot of his his, uh, you know, promos and segments are entertaining. Don't misunderstand me. But I still feel like to some degree, even in the new WWE, he would still end up getting lost in the shuffle. Just my opinion. And that's possible. I mean, it really is. Uh, I, w- I was never a big fan of his, uh, to be honest with you. I did like uh, DIY with uh, Champa because I'm a Champa fan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and I don't think Candice would make it in the main roster uh, female division, uh, if, especially unless she's grown a lot since she's been gone. Now, they've been gone a while, so who knows what she looks like now in the ring. Um, but there is a tag team. I don't, I don't know if uh, you ever paid a whole lot of attention to these guys, but – they they were awesome in NXT. They had a great manager, and they just pretty much took over. And they actually won the titles on the main roster, but then Vince just stopped working with them. And uh, they tried to run their own wrestling promotion, I heard, and yep. it failed miserably. And that's um, Authors um, of Pain, a- yeah. AOP. I'd love to see those guys back. When I saw these guys in NXT with Paul Ellering, I thought to myself, these guys could potentially be the next equivalent, like this generation's Legion of Doom, if they're booked correctly. Now, I'm not saying give them shoulder pads and face paint. They they came out with those with, you know, like those tactical looking vests and they had the masks they wore when they came to the ring. But I just liked I loved that presentation. And they had a couple of signature moves they did as a tag team that looked devastating. And, you know, because, again, their style wasn't super technical, but it didn't need to be. It was smash mouth in your face. It was reminiscent of of Legion Doom, um, Demolition, Powers, teams like that from back that, you know, I grew up watching when I was when I was a kid. So that's why I'm always in favor of having big guys like that who could just just demolish people. I, I think you need that. You know, not every tag team has to be has to be great technical wrestlers. Right. Yep. And that brings me to the last person I want. To, uh, they were, it's a whole faction, actually, but I think they need the leader back as well. Um, and I, I just don't understand why this faction didn't work on the main roster because they killed it on NXT. And this guy kills it everywhere he goes. And that is Eric Young insanity. I think that was a fantastic gimmick when it was happening. I think, uh, they, it, they just didn't know how to work them the correct way through creative on the main roster. And uh, 
man, I, I just – and I know that Eric Young and Triple H got along very well when he was here. He had no bad words to say about anybody, actually. So he left on pretty decent terms. I just can't believe that group was so amazing, and the only person left is Nikki Superstar or Superhero, whatever the heck her name is. Nikki Ash, almost a superhero. Who is talented. Who is talented, by the way, but just has a very lame gimmick. I, I don't. I don't think she's talented at all. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like her when she was Nikki Cross. Uh, but what do you think about uh, Eric Young and Sanity coming back? You know, I always had mixed feelings on Sanity as a group in NXT. I think they had a good presentation. But I'm just going to say it right out, and this is my opinion. This is just my opinion again. I've never been an Eric Young fan. I think he's really overrated. I didn't like him in TNA. I thought that the whole uh, him always always acting like he was afraid of everybody except when he was when he was super Eric was kind of stupid. And then they actually made him the world champion at one point because they wanted to mimic what WWE was doing with Brian Danielson, which you can't mimic that. Brian Danielson is one of the best wrestlers of his generation. Um, so if you're going to try to mimic that success in TNA with Eric Young, yeah, good luck with that. Fortunately, Eric Young ended up dropping the title to Bobby Lashley, as he should have. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> I, I, I mean, are you drinking tonight? I mean, Eric Young, <laughs> he's phenomenal, not only in the ring, but he can talk on the mic too, man. He can cut promos. And by the way, he's won the TNA Impact title, world title, uh, I think four or five times now. So it's not just he had the one run because of Brian Danielson. I mean, Eric Young, I mean, do you know his uh, uh, his new faction on Impact right now? Uh, uh, by design. Well, I don't really watch. I don't really watch Impact these days. Are they still in business? Actually. <laughs> yeah, they're still in business. Funny guy. Uh, but yeah, Violent by Design is uh his new faction in uh in Impact, and they've already held the titles, uh, the World Tag Team titles, a couple times. Uh, <laughs> Man, oh man! All right. So, anyways, that's who. That's a couple people that I think. Did, was there any anyone not on the list that you had in mind, Mr. Cage? So, thank you, thank you, Kentucky guy. I would, I would love, and again, he's under contract, and right now he's actually doing pretty well for himself in AEW. Um, and I was just joking, by the way, Impact Wrestling fans. I do, I, I do keep up with the product a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, but one guy that definitely comes to mind is has been in AEW and currently he's one half of the tag team champions. And of course, I'm talking about Keith Lee, the limitless one. You want to talk about a guy who was booked really well in NXT and then he comes to the main roster and they like first they wanted to change his change his presentation a little bit. Then he was off TV for a while because of health reasons. I don't know. I don't know if people actually know this. I'm sure you do, Kentucky guy. But like he had COVID and he also had heart issues for a brief period. So that's why he was gone for so many months. They brought him back and Vince McMahon wanted to turn him into Keith Bearcat Lee. Which I, I mean, OK, I would have, I guess, given it a shot. But I was but I was like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this presentation as is. He's a big you know, African-American wrestler who can move like a cruiserweight and is also powerful. 
So, I mean, when his contract with AEW eventually expires, it would be nice to see him back in the WWE. Now, he might decide to stay there. He might just decide he likes the product better and his presentation better. And good for him, I say, if he does. But it would be nice to see him get another shot in WWE. Oh, man, I hope to never, ever see that guy on television again in WWE. I've got to be honest. I, I I I don't see where you see any talent in this in this fat guy at. Okay, he's a little bit strong, but I mean, come on, man. I mean, I couldn't even believe that they put two titles on him at the same time uh, during NXT. Uh, yeah, and you're right. He did have some health issues. He had COVID and what have you. And right now, you're not seeing him on TV a lot through AEW uh, because this guy's a train wreck. Now he's got personal problems at home is what's keeping him off TV. So, yeah, I, I disagree with you there, my friend, on that one. Uh, that guy just, phew, I mean, he needs to go I, He needs to go to Impact Wrestling, where he needs to go. Well, fair enough, but let's talk about another guy who was in Impact not too long ago. Again, another big guy, um, W. Morrissey, a.k.a. Big Cass. Now, Big Cass at one point in time was paired up with, a very controversial figure in the wrestling world, Enzo Amore. But those two guys were over with the crowd big time. And for whatever reason, WWE, when they were at the height of their popularity, first they decided, oh, we're going to split them up. And then they said, we're going to make big pass, big cast, sorry, this monster heel. He ended up getting injured. I think it was like an ACL injury. He was gone for like a year, came back for a couple of months, and then got himself fired from the company because he was super outspoken. Enzo Amore was already out the door by that point because of all his controversies. But, you know, it's really a shame. In my opinion, if both guys, which which by all accounts, they kind of have cleaned up their act. If both guys could come to an agreement with WWE, it would be great to see them back in the company. Now, Big Cass, uh, yes, I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see him come back as the character he was on Impact. Man, he was amazing, and he was running through guys, and he was interfering in matches. It was fantastic. Um, the other guy, the little guy, uh, he is actually on MLFW, and at least his character, right, he hasn't changed a bit. He hasn't changed at all. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but Enzo Amore can stay out forever as long as I'm concerned on WWE but Big Cass yes sir and his contract just ended uh, with uh, TNA and he has not re-signed with anybody I, I, I'm, a, I'm in on that you got me on that one but how are you going to do Enzo like that old Kentucky guy he is a certified G and a bona fide stud and you can't teach that yeah I, I think uh, yeah I think he's just an idiot <laughs> Because you're S-W-A-F-T, soft. And you're horrible at spelling. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let's, uh, let's move on just a little bit here. Um, so we do have, uh, let's see, we've got SmackDown uh, tonight. Uh, and they're going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so far for the show, what they have, the what they have, uh, already announced so far was the SmackDown's women's champion, uh, Liv Morgan, uh, 
uh, and Shayna Blazer uh, are going to sign uh, a contract for the WWE Clash at the Castle. Uh, here, here's one thing about that that I did find. The dirt sheets are saying, I don't know how true it is, uh, but Ronda Rousey is supposed to be back tonight. This is the first time since the uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view. She's supposed to be back tonight, and she's supposed to be a part of that segment somehow. Now, they wouldn't go into detail, but I'm very, very curious about this. Your thoughts? Well, this is my opinion. I can appreciate how much work Liv Morgan has put into, you know, improving in the ring and trying to get the fans to rally behind her and everything. But let's face it, she has been booked terribly since becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion. She is not a credible threat at all. In my honest opinion, even though she also has suffered from booking blunders in the last couple of years, just have Shayna Baszler take the belt off of Liv Morgan and build towards a match between between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. In my opinion, that's best case scenario right now. I, I agree 100. percent I think, uh, and I think they're going to do something to that nature uh, because uh, she's actually getting booed now. A lot of people seen what happened at SummerSlam, and just like I said, right after that match, she's not a legitimate champion. Uh, she she lost that match, uh, and her fans are turning on her. So unless they're going to out and out make her into this big hill, which I cannot see her as, only the only way I can see her as a true, true hill is if, like, Judgment Day took her under their wing because she used to be partners with the female on Judgment Day. Um, that's the only thing I can see there. Uh, they have to really, really turn her into a hill or do exactly what you said. And let her drop the belt to uh, Baszler. Baszler and uh, Rousey have been friends for years, and uh, that's going to be a heck of a feud and a heck of a match. Yeah, it's really it's really a story that writes itself. Agreed, 100%. Uh, it looks like also tonight they're going to be uh, adding some more matches and uh, announcing them uh, to the Clash at the Castle card uh, from the fallout from last week's show. They didn't go into detail on that. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, and with my fingers crossed, uh, is that World Championship title match going to end up in a three-way with Karrion Cross? Please, for the love of God, let that turn into a three-way. If not, it's going to be the worst main event ever in WWE pay-per-view history because uh, Drew, uh, man, Hey, what what are your thoughts? I already know your thoughts. Go ahead. Well, well, well we already know you you have something against Scottish guys, so I, I just don't know what Scottish guys ever did to you. But Drew McIntyre, I've said before, is is talented. I don't think he's going to take the belt off of Roman Reigns. That I will give you. But do I, as far as his in ring talent, do I think that he can that he can go in the ring? Absolutely. However, like you were saying, there is the possibility that they might turn this into a triple threat. And if that happens, then I want to see the people's executioner, Karrion Cross, walk away with at least one belt at the end of that match. I think that is the smart. I think that's the smartest thing you've said this entire show. I appreciate that. <laughs> so also tonight we have a championship uh, match. Uh, we have Gunther 
going against uh, Shinsei Nakamura. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, Gunther is a, a dominant, dominant champion. He, he really is. But he's been pushing his buddy around <laughs> quite a bit, knocking him down with chops. Now, he didn't, they didn't do that. The Imperial, he didn't act like that in the Imperial in the UK because I followed, uh, when he was Walter for a long time, when he was champion. And they didn't do that in the, uh, US NXT either. Um, so, I'm thinking maybe Shinsei Nakamori may win the title tonight because of the uh, uh, Gunther's partner uh, turning on him, like you know, getting in, interfering in the match and uh, costing him his title. What do you think? I don't see it happening that quickly. Even though personally, they have just devalued the Intercontinental Championship Championship so much in the last few years, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not saying that Gunther doesn't deserve to be champion. 100% he deserves it. He's a great talent. And him against Shinsuke Nakamura on paper could be an amazing contest. But this is WWE we're talking about. And if it was NXT or if it was NXT UK, I could see them just tearing the house down. But I think it's going to be one of those cases where, you know, they put on a good TV match but this whole dissension between Gunther and Ludwig, I think it's all, I think it's all a show, and I think they're going to prove that the two of them are actually united, and they're going to somehow screw Shinsuke out of the title, and that's just kind of the way it's going to be. And, and I mean, if they were smart, they would already be prepared to book a rematch for Clash at the Castle, so that they could give these two guys a chance to really put on the, the contest that the fans deserve to see. Normally, normally, uh, in the past, I would have agreed with you 100%. However, this is Triple H creative now. It's a, it, it, And you have to admit, it's a lot different than what it used to be. We've already seen some major changes that he's made, uh, not only in bringing superstars back, but as well as, uh, you know, just uh, the way he's writing the shows now. So normally, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, might, they probably were... Uh, they would have worked it to where they were putting on a work, no pun intended, uh, and it was just, uh, you know, to uh, confuse Shinsei Nakamura just so they could, you know, like you said, mess him out of the title. Um, but Triple H, I think he, you know, this guy here, I noticed when he was uh, ahead of uh, NXT, he kind of thinks like 10 or 12 paces ahead of everyone else. So I think he's already thought about the Clash of the Champions, um, and I think that it might be, uh, Gunther versus uh, Nakamura, Nakamura champion though, and Gunther uh, installing his rematch clause. Just, just my thought. And that could happen. That's very possible, and I wouldn't be opposed to it because it's probably what people wouldn't expect. So, it, so if that happens, it, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I love the unexpected man when that stuff happens. That's why I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling to see who's going to show up. And who's going to upset who? I mean, that's why I watch it. Um, so, uh, also, uh, the last match that they mentioned was, uh, it's not the last match, but the last one they've got for the card so far, was the uh, war, the WWE Women's Tag Team uh, Championship Tournament is going to continue tonight. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Alaya, they're going to go against uh, Shotzi and Exilila. I don't know. Uh, I think they got to get it, in my opinion. They need to get a belt 
of some type around Raquel Rodriguez. She's too good to be walking around without a belt. So I, I, I think that uh, this is the one way they can do it. They have way too many superstars in the in the female singles division that can be champion. Uh, and but she's, I mean, you know, they're going to lose her. They they need to put something around her. I think. Agreed, because, I mean, she showed what she was capable of in NXT. She was dominant. And everybody knew that once it was time to call her up that she was going to be a big star. But they've been kind of just, like, spinning their wheels with her for a while now. And, yeah, it's really time to just put up or shut up or shut up with her character. You know what would be awesome <laughs> is during during this match or a match in this tournament and uh, everybody thinks – her and her partner are going to win the belts, and then who shows up to ruin it? Bailey's faction with Dakota Kai. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> well, well, it's funny you bring that up because I actually feel like Raquel Rodriguez would fit right in with that faction as the muscle for that group. Because if you look at that group, I mean, they're all, don't get me wrong, all three of them can hold their own in a, in a match, but I don't look at all three of them and go, oh, that that person is the muscle of the group. You look at Raquel Rodriguez and is like, oh, my God, like she's six feet tall. She's solid muscle. She's she destroy the, most of the other women in the women's division. Yeah, you know what? I actually agree. She would fit pretty well. I mean, I've said for a long time that that group needed like a Becky Lynch or a Charlotte, but. Now that you've put that out there, uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, that would be uh, that'd be pretty amazing. Make it happen, Triple H. <laughs> Triple H, we know you're listening. Do it, do it, do it. So let's move to AEW. Uh, and uh, so I don't know how much of it you got to watch on Dynamite because I know you've been working hard all week. However, this week's episode on Dynamite was called Quake by the Lake. And they had a uh, a match for the interim AEW World Championship title, uh, oh. Chris Jericho versus uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, Dean Ambrose actually won the match. Uh, Jericho actually he received uh, several stitches uh, for a hard way cut that he received during the main event. But anyways, what's more important than the main event was after the main event. Yep. Uh, the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society came out and started attacking Ambrose. Uh, here come the Combat Club. Uh, still, the Appreciation Society was winning because they had more help. Uh, and then, boom, here comes the AEW legitimate champion. I guess this is what you call him, the official champion. CM Punk is back. He helps clear out Jericho and the Appreciation Society, sends them on their way. And uh, then him and Moxley come face to face. You know, he just saved Moxley, okay? And Moxley flips him off and leaves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know that match is coming, but uh, I didn't know CM Punk was due back this kind of quick. Uh, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I just I want Moxley to destroy CM Punk. I think CM Punk has been overrated for years, and uh, I hope Moxley keeps that attitude and just beats him to death and takes both titles. 
this eventual match, which which based on what I'm reading, Punk is still rehabbing the foot and he's not going to be good to go until the actual pay-per-view. This was just like a little a little taste of what you're going to see. Um, this is kind of a coin flip for me because I, I like both guys, but I don't love either wrestler. Like, I, you know, like I think they're both talented in their own way. They both can cut promos. They both can work. There's no question about it. But I haven't seen too many, like, wow moments from either of them over the years. They're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, they're reliable. They're reliable hands, both of them. And, yeah, like, they're stars in the wrestling industry, but they're not, like, in my opinion, guys who, like, completely just change the business or whatever. They're not they're not a Steve Austin or a Rock or, or, or a Brian Danielson or – you know, an undertaker or all the other stars we've seen over the years. They're just two really reliable hands who I'm sure will have a good match. But as far as who ends up winning, I mean, to me, I'm more interested to see who eventually is going to take the belt off one of them. That's just my take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I got you. Now I am actually a, a bigger fan of John Moxley than, than you sound, but I mean, Hey, that's fine. Um, I would. Uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be something to watch. I, I think it's going to be. Uh, uh, if they build it, if they do this correctly and not blow it, uh, they could have a real good thing here between those two that could actually last uh, for a long time. So uh, just to wrap things up nicely with a little bow, uh, I do have um, some of the card for tonight's rampage. Uh, it looks like uh, pretty pretty excited about this. It looks like Eric Redbeer uh, will be back. He used to be part of the Wyatt family. Uh, his best friend in the world was uh, Brody Lee, who, who who we all know passed away, but used to be the leader of uh, Dark Order. Uh, he's he's great Brody Lee. What's that? The late great Brody Lee. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, Eric Redbeard, he's also underrated in my opinion. I think he's a phenomenal re- athlete and wrestler. And uh, if used correctly, it could be pretty good. I, I, I was a fan. I was a fan of the Bludgeon Brothers when they when they came back. I liked that whole uh, repackaging that they gave those guys. And I liked them in the Wyatt family. Yep, a- absolutely. I like the Bludgeon Brothers too. Um, it looks like uh, we're also going to see. Uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Tay, his his old lady uh, Conti, uh, <laughs> versus uh, Dante Martin and uh, Sky Blue. Uh, they actually have that. They have titles, uh, mixed Triple uh, A mixed tag team championship, uh, and they're going to be uh, defending that tonight on Rampage. And we've got the Gun Club versus Dan Housley. Oh, okay. So Redbeard is. Uh, with Dan Housley, yeah. Yeah, he's going to team with Down Housey and fight against the Gun Club. Now, I think the Gun Club is stupid, in my opinion. Yes. I, <laughs> I just uh, uh, I don't think that uh, any of them boys will ever be their dad, who their dad was back in the day. And uh, I think that uh, it's just, you know, they're good for house shows. But, you know, to make them, to try, keep pushing them with all the stars, <laughs> I've got to say this, with all the stars that Tony Khan has, to keep putting these guys on television – Every single week, it's just baffling to me. Yeah. Uh, also making their uh, AEW television debut, uh, Parker Bondé. Boudreaux. 
Yeah, I can never pronounce that guy's name. Uh, he is actually going to be fighting uh, Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss, I don't understand him. I don't understand that at all. Is it a man or a woman? I mean, I really don't know. It's it's a man, but uh, yeah, I I'd rather not say anything because I'm just perplexed by the whole package. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am too. So I, I probably said too much, anyways. But <laughs> I, but, I, but I do want to say I do want to say about Parker Boudreau. So this is a guy who had a cup of coffee in NXT 2.0. You might remember he was Joe Gacy's bodyguard. He had shaved his head. He looked a lot like Lars Sullivan, if you guys all remember that guy from his brief spell in WWE. He looked a lot like him. But this guy had a ton of hype when he when he first debuted in NXT because the former, I think it's a NCAA football player, and he looks a lot at least currently, looks a lot like a young Brock Lesnar. And he was being really hyped up. WWE barely gave him a chance to develop, and they just, like, released him, I think, maybe six months ago. And, you know, now he got picked up by AEW, which, I mean, good for him. I hope he has a chance to develop now and really show people what he can become. But, yeah, I just remember when this guy was first signed, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's the second coming of Brock Lesnar. He was actually portrayed as uh, the one to beat Brock Lesnar and take the title from him when he first came, if you remember. Uh, and it, they didn't do anything in ring. He kept showing up in those promos, like you said, as that guy's bodyguard. But, like, yeah, I mean, total total waste of talent. And uh, I don't – he should destroy this Sonny Kiss person tonight easily, in my opinion. Um, so then uh, you have Orange Cassidy – Versus uh, Ari Davari, uh, also uh, Hook, uh, who who's a, just recently is a champion, by the way. Uh, he's, champion. Yep. Yep, he's actually going to talk tonight, so that'd be interesting. Uh, Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Daniel Bryanson. <laughs> he uh, he he returns uh, tonight as well, and we're going to hear from your buddy that you want back on the WWE. We're going to hear from Swerve and Glory tonight, so should be a should be an interesting thing. I've always said Rampage is uh, too short. I think they really need to turn it into two nights. They try to cram too much into an hour episode or two hours, not two nights, two hours. Uh, they try to cram too much into an hour episode, um, and uh, I still believe AEW needs to do the brand split, in my opinion. I wouldn't disagree with that. All right, so uh, that's about all I have. Uh, Mr. Cage, what do you got today? Anything else? That's about all I have. All right, well, thank you all so much for joining us. As I mentioned, we are on all platforms. Uh, be sure to check us out. That is Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast, and we'll be back with you.